Hello and welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. My name is Hannah Quinn and I work as a director and I'm also a board member of WFT Ireland. Would you like to learn about the avenues available working through the Irish language? In this WFT podcast, we explore opportunities for crew and highlight the careers of three women working in the industry. This panel features sound recordist and mixer Mary Harkin, editor Fanula Nihiban, and camerawoman and producer Christine O'Connor, and is moderated by our Vice Chair DOP, Yarrow Waldeck. Welcome everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Today I have uh, three uh, women here who work in the Irish language and uh, other uh, TV and film productions. And we will be um, talking about their experience and you can ask us questions uh, about what you want to want to know, how to get into the Irish language production. But this, this is just to introduce you to these uh, wonderful women who uh, maybe you haven't had uh, the opportunity to meet yet. So please let me welcome uh, Mary Harkin. Hi, Mary. Hi, Hi Gerald, how are you? Hi. Uh, Christine O'Connor. Hi. Hi there. And Fanula. Wait a minute. Nikivan. Hi. Hi, Fanula. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. I practiced your name. Um, yep. So hopefully, hopefully I said it correctly. Yeah, so, perfect. <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you all uh, very much for joining us. We at Women in Film and Television are a varied uh, group of women who work all across the, the sector of TV and film production. And this is our first time talking, talking uh, on a, on a, at a webinar to women who, who are connected, who work in the Irish language sector. And so this is something we're going to explore today. If I may ask you first to maybe uh, say a little bit about you to, to our listeners, to our members, and uh, talk to us about what you do. Uh, and then we get, we'll jump into the discussion. So Mary, if I can start with you, I know that you work as a, as a, uh, in the sound uh, department, uh, as a sound recordist and in post. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, my uh, hi everyone. I'm I'm Mary Harkin. I um, work. I started my career um, with Christine, as it happens, um, a long time ago um, in Telegill. And when I was in Telegill, I worked both in production and in post. But since I went freelance, I think twenty two, twenty one, twenty two years ago, um, I worked exclusively on location. So I work um, as a location sound recordist across, I, I am a fluent Irish speaker. I grew up um, speaking Irish and because of that, and then I did a training course with Udaras and RTE that was run in Galway all those years ago. Uh, so I started my working life in a company called Telegal and we did an awful lot of Irish language productions when TG Care had come on board. But since I've gone freelance, I work for anyone and everyone I work in, in every across every language I mean I do have to say I do love working on Irish productions sometimes it's very hard because the budgets just aren't there and they mm-hmm. can't afford us sometimes but when I can it's great because and an awful lot of the time I could be working on a production for example I was working last week on a production and it wasn't in Irish it was in English but two of us myself and the cameraman are both Irish, fluent Irish speakers so we spoke in Irish simply because it was natural for us to do so 
Mm-hmm. Now the production was in English. Everyone else was speaking in English, but for us, it just it was natural to speak speak in Irish to each other. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Mary. Um, I'm going to go now to Fanula, please. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got into the field of work that you do. As far as I am concerned, uh, you are an editor, correct? Yep, that's right. Um, <laughs> hi, how are you? Fanula Niki Vaughan is my name. Um, yeah, so I've been editing for probably. 16, 17 years and a native Irish speaker as well from Kerry. So I think that the biggest thing for me with the Irish was starting off. It was a great way of getting in there. It was a great way of getting the experience, getting the the experience quickly and getting good experience where like for editing, I guess you need to understand the language that that's being spoken. And I and, and I and I know it's it is being done like there are editors that speak English that will edit Irish language stuff. But mm-hmm. for me, when I started off, I was working on it on a program that um it was very quick turnaround. It, we were doing one episode every week. It was going out. Uh, we had five days to edit it and you needed to speak the language. You needed to understand mm-hmm. what was being said. It was so quick. There was no time to be looking through a dictionary. You needed mm-hmm. to write the VO, everything needed to come together. So because of that, I got a lot of a lot, a lot of experience very, very quickly. And that was just, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's not the only thing you need for editing. It's, it's yes. quick. I was quick and I had the language. There are, there are a lot of other things. But mm-hmm. as, a, as, as getting on the first step of that ladder, the Irish language really, really helped. And it was... I know we're talking about TG Cahar here, but it, it that actually turned out it happens to be happened to be a long-running series for RTE through Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's you can throw all that in. As well. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much, Fanula. And uh, now, Christine, um, if you could talk to us a little bit about yourself and what you do. I know that you you have loads of experience in producing and in camera operating. Uh, am I missing something there? Oh no, um, like Mary, I started off when Uderos the Gulf, which is the Gulf Development Authority, um, decided to run some training courses with the view of Tina G, the Irish language station, coming on board. So that I did my course. I started on the fourth of December, nineteen eighty nine. I did my course. It was the second one. Um, then, you know, everybody's looking for work experience. We did enough. We, we did some training. I ended up getting a job and starting Intelligel on the 4th of January, 1994, Mary. Same day as Mary. Oh, Intelligel, which is a post-production house. Um, and we literally got thrown in at the deep end. Um, at yeah. the time, the person who interviewed us for a job was a man called Alan Essamont, who's now the head of TG Carr, mm-hmm. um, who I always say to everyone, he's very technical. Don't ever forget that. And he taught us a lot, but we, I think Mary will agree, working in a post-production house, you got to learn an awful lot about all the different parts that it takes to make a show or a thing. But the whole thing about the production house was everything was done through Irish. So everybody spoke Irish in the building, but you weren't necessarily working in Irish language shows, but we all worked through the medium of Irish. And from then on, I left there. I ended up doing a lot of camera work, working in documentaries, traveling with Mary, making shows for TG Cahar. And then as TG Cahar progressed, it became evident that they didn't have huge budgets to make these fantastic travel shows, apart from Hector, of course, but uh, these huge travel shows anymore. So we ended up working on other shows. But I think, like Mary said, you if I meet Mary, I'd always only speak Irish to her, I'd never speak English. It would be very, unless we're in the company of someone else, it would be very strange. 
the same with a lot of other people I'd work. And I think even now it's become with the integration of all these other countries into the EU and different languages, I think it's even been more important that we have our own identity. And I know when I work on shows sometimes, if there's somebody there, like Francis Nicorori, who's a camera operator, who's from Donegal as well, I would only ever speak to her in Irish. And you find after a while that there's a kind of cohort of people that all speak Irish. But mm-hmm. when you said I, I camera operator, and I went on to be production manager of Russ Naroon, production uh, line producer, producer, and I now back working with Telegel and um, producing drama for them. But we're doing a certain amount for TG Carr through the Irish language, but obviously they don't have a huge budget, so everything is with other languages. But I've worked on shows where it's been German language, where it's been French language, Italian. But the other side of what you were saying there was, I still keep the foot in the door in OB camera work. I know which everyone thinks is crazy and mad, but I'm a sports fanatic, so I work in an awful lot of outdoor sports at weekends and stuff. So, for instance, last Saturday, I was in the Viva Stadium when Ireland were playing the All Blacks, which is a huge rugby match for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know. like It was like the World Cup final. And myself and Cahal O'Hulafa and Seamus Hayes, there's about eight of us there who all spoke Irish. But we're screaming and shouting at each other in Irish, not in English, okay. not in Welsh, not mm-hmm. in anything else. And people have begun to realise and go, oh, wow, like you guys speak this all the time. And we're like, yeah, it's also <laughs> secret lang- It's also the secret language that we all know that when you go on holidays, you can talk about people and they don't know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> You don't uh, do that. I hear no, you. Don't do I, that. I do that uh, with my Czech language. Yes. But yeah. Obviously, yeah. it yeah. doesn't work in the Czech yeah. Republic. Everybody from, knows. <laughs> yeah. But from a point of view of working in the Irish language and working with TG Cahar, I suppose I got my break from, you know, when TG Cahar came on the air. We got to work on loads of shows. Um, I still do, I still produce this, um, a show for them in every, the end of our October, which would be a big uh, LE event, shiny floor show of all things like the Olympics of everything Irish that happens in Killarney mm-hmm. every year. Um, and then I'd work on other shows with them during the year, maybe as a third party or whatever. So it just depends. I did work on a, a scheme called Mary. I think you worked on it as well at some stage. Sheil and Scale and Uther. Um, they were three short films um, schemes that we did in conjunction with the Broadcast Authority of Ireland and TG Gahar, where we brought in up and coming writers and directors who could work in the Irish language. And then we brought in what we called qualified crews. So DOPs, and we surrounded them with them and they got to make short films. One of those mm-hmm. would be Tom O'Sullivan, who has now directed Aroth as Cine Cahar. Another one would be Dear McGoggins, who has just finished directing Kin, which was on RT1. Yes. Um, loads of people. So that's, you know, the Irish language helped them all come through. So I think you just have to find your niche with the Irish language and work through. But I would also say, and this is my little bugbear, if, if you want to work in the Irish language, particularly as producers or whatever, you need to speak the language because you need to understand what's being said. There's nothing worse than, you know, and Mary will attest to this. Um, yeah. And I'm sure uh, Fiona as well. You know, the producers look at you going, did they say it right? And you're like, I'm not the language expert here, you know. Okay. So so if you want to work in the Irish language, you need to learn the language. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you so much, Christine. So, so I just wonder, so uh, because you said both Mary and Christine, you said that you started um, before TG Carr was around, right? And, and that you attended a course to kind of get you into it. So would you say that if you didn't have the Irish language then, would you have been out of the game? Did that open the door for you? I I think we probably would have been in anyway. I mean, I had uh, I'd done a degree um, in in media um, in Coleraine beforehand, and I had done um, so I was, but I didn't know where I was going after that. So after that, I um, I was approached by a woman or a, or two women who'd set up this. They'd found funding from um, Europe for called Now New Opportunities for Women, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they... So yes. they approached me yeah. and, uh, and provided funding. It was amazing. It was just, you know, yeah. manna from heaven. Oh, it was brilliant. fantastic. <laughs> so they sent me to RTE to do a, an in-depth sound course. So after doing my degree, I then was sent to do a thing called Sounds Interesting for four weeks, I think, in RTE, which I could never have afforded. So would I have gotten, you know, I think I would have made my way in, but I think it would have taken me much longer. And certainly the course myself and Christine did the course before me. And I think I was, I'm very bad with years and dates because it's really good. I'm rubbish. No, that's okay. But um, when I, the course we both of us did was incredibly technical and you sort of found your niche. You were supposed to do everything. So we have an understanding of, of all elements, I suppose, of, of the process, but you found your niche and then you sort of tried to slot into it as much as, as you could. So, mm-hmm. but it was amazing. I mean, as a, as a platform to learn on it was fantastic and and that certainly was through the Irish language if we hadn't spoken Irish we would never have managed to do that but I do think regardless um I think I think both of us I'm not sure about Fanula, but I think certainly we would have been in this field one way or the other um, at whatever level uh, regardless of language it's really good to hear that you would have pursued it as well mm-hmm. e- even if, if that opportunity wasn't there I can see you Fanula, you're you're nodding here yeah so definitely and I definitely agree with the, the it, it it got me in quicker yeah. um yeah. and it yeah. got me possibly more intensely yeah. and and also there there is a camaraderie there is an Irish language group of people that you know and there's a community mm-hmm. um and that community is really supportive and you all like I always felt like I had that to fall back on and I had I always felt like I had people that would advise me about stuff and all that so yeah definitely helped me get in there quicker and mm-hmm. and got, get more experience quicker yeah but mm-hmm. would have ended up there somehow okay brilliant and how like other than uh, so so TG Kahar and the productions that you worked on for them how much interest is out there in the Irish language uh, TV productions, documentaries? Like, do you find that your careers are sustained? Or, I mean, I know, Mary, you said you will work on anything, any language. Uh, so that suggests that, you know, you, you do have to supplement elsewhere. But um, what, what, what is your experience otherwise? It's the, the, the channel doesn't have the money to sustain you full time at all. It's great that you can work on certain projects with them. And of course, like even in their contracts, you know, they ask you who's working on it as the editor, DOP, um, soundband, woman, whatever. Um, but it's not sustainable. They don't have the budgets. They don't have budgets for drama. They don't have. So during the year, you definitely get to work on a couple of projects, but it wouldn't sustain you as a full time job. And that's one of the reasons that TG Cahar had gone back to government in the last couple of years, looking for more money to keep the industry growing. That's that's one of the things. To um, And also, I think the biggest thing is to get new people, new entrants, let's say new people into the industry. They're, they're seeing that it's the same producers and directors that are around now. Now, some of that could be the Celtic Tiger kind of snowflake. Is that what they call it now? That, um, you know. The young, I, I know I give lectures in third level colleges. And if you go into the fourth years and ask them who's going to stay in it, they'll go, oh, no, I'm going back to a teacher training course because there's no money in TV. And um, that seems to be the general sort of consensus. So mm. it won't keep you in a full time job, but you'll certainly get to work on jobs. And some of the jobs can be more, I suppose, fulfilling than if they were in the English language, because they could be, you know, a really good documentary, but something very specific, whether they be sport or uh, some of the music documentaries they do are amazing or it could be following Hector around the world wherever he gets to go you know 
mm-hmm. that's kind of where it comes from okay and there's great training ground I think in I mean yeah um there's like Ross and Rune that um Christine um producer PM'd for um for a number of years Fanil, did you work on Ross and Rune no no, no. Mm-hmm. um I only dipped in and out I was never um full-time on Ross and Rune, but I have worked on it it is a great I think it's a it's a great training ground so for someone who was interested I see a question came up there for someone who was interested in getting in and trying to learn and trying to learn the ropes it's an amazing place to do that because a there's a whole group of people there that obviously know what they're doing I mean I do think it's a great place to go I mean I'm not sure if it's it's where you should stay I don't think it's good for anyone to you know to go and stay because that's that's you know I think you should go learn and then move um but then that's just that's maybe just me but I do think it's a great place to learn because there are people there who know what they're doing there are people there who will teach it and they take on an awful lot of trainees every year I was actually going to speak about Ross Maroon um because I I when I first learned about uh this tv series and the fact that uh, they take on trainees every year it's a few years back, and I do remember that their requirement then was uh, they needed Irish language speakers. But if I remember last year, that was that requirement has uh, kind of eased. I'm not saying it correctly, but it wasn't Wait, as yeah. important anymore. I might have it wrong, but but um, what is the situation there? Do you know? I'm actually not aware. I don't know. No, I, as far as I know, they still want you. Um, they're aware that their people are. They can't get crew with fluent Irish. So what they're saying is really, if you can, if you show that you're um, bold. What's the word? Um, receptive. Is that the right yeah. word? Sorry. Okay. Um, receptive to like you know you've a few words and you're happy to learn. Then they're happy to take you because again, like Mary said, it's a training ground. So you're learning. You're learning Irish and you're learning your new skills. Okay. All right. So, but but then, how does it work? Then, do do they speak half English, half Irish, or no? And I, that's the point I was going to make for anybody. Um, you know, some people may think if you work in the Irish language that you're speaking a completely different television film language. What's kind of developed over the years is there was originally a a, a dictionary of Irish TV terms, but realistically. They're not really words we'd use in normal language. So what you find is you speak in Irish, but you may say the terminology in English. So you might say Tordom MCU, Tordom Longshot, so yeah. that when you come out of there, you're trained to speak in the global language, the universal language. You, It's the same. It's not something new that you have to go and relearn. All right. That's interesting. OK. And um uh, do you do the three of you come across each other uh, over the years as you work? Like, do you get to work together? And are there other women that you come across um, that you work with regularly? I would re- myself and Christine spent a lot of years working together. It was fantastic, but that's been a long time. And yeah. um, I worked with uh, Christine as Christine as a producer um, and, and me as a sound of course, and myself and Fanula um, did a couple of days together. But I am rarely on a shoot where there's another female technician on a shoot. If um, it's quite rare to have to have two women on it. I, I mean, I could kind. I mean, most years would go by and I wouldn't have. Yeah. And I tend to find if you're standing around on a film shoot, just through no fault of their own, they'll either think you're the health and safety, the COVID officer, or the runner that makes the tea. Yeah. <laughs> Always, it'll be like, or oh, where are the toilets and 
the amount of times I've been asked, are you the girl that makes the tea? And I'm like, yeah. I just say, yeah, because there's no point in trying to explain. No, I'm the one who got all the money together, financed this and booked you. But that's beside the point. Yeah, I'm the tea maker. Um, I am laughing, but it's actually quite sad. And it's happened to me as well. So it's changing. I went to I was sent out years ago when I was in Telegal. I was sent out to cover a a French drama that was being shot out in, I think, maybe North Gerard. And uh, I got on to set Um, I could only do to think two days on it. I got out on to set and they said to me, you need to get into makeup. And I was going, I need to get into makeup? I never wear makeup to work. I mean, none of the lads wear makeup to work. Why would I? So I was like, what? And they were going, are you not the au pair? And I went, no, I'm not the au pair. And they said, oh, and who are you? And I said, I'm sound artist. And unbeknownst to me, um, there was there was a crew that they were going to fire but they hadn't fired. They were on set. So they needed to fire them first before they introduced me as this. Oh my goodness. It was just <laughs> farcical. So I was going, I'm not the au pair. And at the mm-hmm. moment, I don't actually even want to be the sound recorder. on this. <laughs> but yeah, regularly where you're just going. Or somebody who I asked uh, uh, somebody to move a Jenny at one stage. Well, uh, because it was right close to the shot, we dialogue in the shot on a drama. And I said to him, I could see him setting up for breakfast. And I said to him, look, you know, just for your own sake, really, that can't stay there. And uh, he came. So he didn't move it. He left it where it was. We set up. First thing I said was said to the AD, Jenny has to move. He had to move all the cables, etc. And he came up to me and he said to me, sure, I thought you were some jumped up AD who was getting overexcited in the morning. I've never seen a female sound recordist in my life. So Wow. Mm. So, yeah. Those are, yeah, those are the prejudices that people yeah. carry. What it, about it, you? What about you, Fanula? Um, it? when it, about the question, do I work with women? I probably work with women a lot more than, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because there's more women directors and there's a lot of women producers. So, and I, I won't be working with the camera person or the sound person directly. So when you say mm-hmm. do I, I'm mainly meeting directors, so yeah, I do. I, I work with a good few female directors, and and they're all brilliant. Okay, that's yeah. wonderful. And you you both have said that you've been in in the industry more at least fifteen years, and and few of you longer. Thirty one. So would you say? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just that's okay. <laughs> I think a lot of us uh, uh, have. Uh, have a few years under our belt but um mm. so would you say that like do you see many newcomers entering uh, the irish language field uh, filmmaking or tv making field or is it mostly colleagues that you gathered years ago that you work with to be honest with you i haven't seen that many newcomers i've seen a lot of new people come in to test the waters for instance gmit udrasnagaltata and tg kahar run a scheme for the last two years, particularly during COVID, where they get work experience. Um, so you could say you had somebody working in development or an editor or something, and they kind of provided some of the funding. So there was two of these schemes over the last two or three years. And I think nearly 80% of the people, once they finished the scheme, went back teaching or whatever. Sadly, there was I can think off the top of my head of girls who were brilliant at production and just said the work was too hard and they wanted a nine-to-five job or a nine-to-three job. So I don't think there's as many newcomers in the Irish language but it's not, it's not to say there won't be, but the world has changed a lot. You know what I mean? The, the, people are about money now. They want good, secure jobs. People think differently. Like when I started off and Mary started off, and I'm sure yourself, Fiona, you know, I was happy to clean the toilet, sweep the floor, 
do whatever to be allowed to be the trainee third AD for the day or something, you know, just to get the mm-hmm. experience. But, but people come out of college now, and I've said this many times, they all say I'm a director or I'm producer. And I've been asked by many colleges, why won't you take our graduates um, as your trainee? And most of the time I'm saying, if you teach them how to read a call sheet, use a walkie-talkie, and if they can drive, oh my God, that's worth more than yeah. four years of writing a thesis. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's very few um, editors in Irish language or English language. There's editors at the moment, I think, are very thin on the ground. If there are any, let me know, because I, I like I, I need people. I need backup. We all need in backup. Both, just, in both English and yes, Irish? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know Mary Cronish, Fiona? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mary, well, yeah, we all that's started it, off but together. There's, that's sure, sure, yeah, but there's no younger, like, no. there's nobody, I don't know anybody starting off or that you could, like, mm-hmm. I get I get two or three phone calls a week going, please give me somebody's name, and I can't yeah. get them in either language. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that the opportunity for work aren't there, it's just no. you aren't coming up? Not in editing, yeah, yeah editing-wise anyway, yeah. I think people are, yeah, and I'm sure editing, like, you can't just go in and go, well, I'll watch for a while and sit there. You know, it's a it's a very specific skill. And I know yeah. myself, you'd be like, um, when you're submitting ideas to TG Carr for, for, and the ILBF for, for commissioning, they want to know, you have to give them names. So, of course, you have to do that on every show. But, like, they want to see names with Irish so that they know that from Fiona's editing or Mary's recording the sound, that they actually know what's going on and that it's not gobbledygook. And it's all about creating a bigger industry of what they were, you know, set up to do. Not saying that you're putting any English language speakers and non-Irish speakers out of the way, but so that there's a mix of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't think there's as many younger people taking up the opportunities. Maybe that's the way I should be saying it. Okay, uh, uh, I'm going to follow up on that. But before I go, I just want to wonder if, Mary, you have anything to add here? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I was uh, I I was working on Friday. I was doing second unit sound on um, on Derry Girls. And um, it was there was an awful lot. I think like on drama, it's different because there's so many trainees. Yeah. So yeah. it was nice to see. And a lot of girls like, you know, I mean, there was a. Um, uh martin um the main sound man i mean his trainee was was female al seemed great seemed amazing i mean i didn't have a trainee i was only in and out for the day but but there did seem to be an awful lot of trainees on that and there was a there was a guy who who went through the active years ago a guy called deglan who's operating on it so it was sort of nice to see his progression because you know, to me, he was really young and I was like, wow, you're operating. Holy shit. Like, that's great. You know, focus was, but I suppose maybe it's a reflection on, on maybe at my age, you know, that actually everyone seems younger now than, you know, (laughs) but so I think there are some new people, but I'd rarely, unless I'm on a drama, I'd rarely come across them because Mm -hmm. when I'm on a, on a shoot, it's, it's usually, it's a small enough crew and with budgets the way they are. And like with COVID now, my goodness, yeah. like barely allowed in the door. So, um, so yeah, it's, but yeah, I do think there's, you know, there, there are people there, but there's, um, but yeah, I suppose it's harder to stay in. And I can understand for people, it is hard to get in um, the door because, you know, like somebody, every producer wants to have a short film. The number of times you'll get called to do a short film and you're going, the whole idea is supposedly that you're training somebody mm-hmm. getting the chance on this. If you know you've recognized EOP, you've recognized sound records, you've recognized boom up, you've re- like who's training? 
Yes. Mm. Anyway, mm. it's an argument for another day. <laughs> and I hope we get to have it. Um, but I wanted to just return to, to Christine there. So many women that are our members uh, kind of sound off on the, on the issue that there are lots of opportunities out there for trainees. But if you are maybe a woman um, that is a bit older, uh, I am in my 40s. And, uh, you know, I've been shooting um, as a director of photography for the past 10 years. I don't see opportunities coming for, for women fully formed within their fields. Um, so, you know, past the trainings that they've done, the degrees that they completed and the amount of productions they have done maybe on lower budgets. It is, it is, it is that, that kind of gap that's out there um, that where we don't see we don't see opportunities for such women as myself. And so I just wonder, um, do, do you see those, Christine? Because you said when you started, you would have been happy just to uh, mop the floor or something. But what does a person do that maybe has Irish language, uh, and or, but already has credits under her belt? Um, what is, is there a way in then? Um when I like when I started off, I literally and I'm sure, you know, Kieran Tannum, the DOP, he was one of the guys who'd worked in some projects with us. So I literally begged him everything. And I learned so much from the man. And I still to this day would say I owe my whole career to him. And um, I learned so much from him. Um, but it was when we started off, there weren't as many media courses and there wasn't as much of a business. So there was less. What I would say now is. I, I know exactly what you're saying, because all the trainees have been looked after now with the whole section four at one tax credit you have to have so many trainees, et cetera, et cetera. What I would say now is there are opportunities and don't take this the wrong way, but make yourselves known because what happens is, you know, I know a certain amount of DOPs or sound people or whatever, and I'll go to them. And I think what's, I think what might be good at the moment is there's so much work going on. There's so much out there that what I would say, all the big people are working on the big gigs, you know, the foundations, the Apple TV, the whatever, the whatever, that I think there should be opportunity. Like for instance, we were to shoot a movie, it was an American independent thing, but it had a budget of 5 million Irish or euros there in August, but we couldn't crew it, couldn't mm. crew it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, couldn't crew any of it. I don't mean like just one or two, we couldn't crew mm -hmm. it because we couldn't even crew it from the UK. So we kind of gave up and said, we'd wait till after Christmas. And I know other people that that's happened to because the other stuff is bigger budget. So obviously you want to work on that, or you want to get those credits. But I would say there are opportunities and there definitely now are with Screen Ireland, um, coming out, you know, the way they have certain rounds of funding where if you female uh, HODs or female crew or whatever, female creatives, they're happy about it. Generally, I would like to say being a female, I want the best person for the job that I can get. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would say that. But I, that's not to say, like, you know, with, would say with the Kate McCullers of the world, people have realized, oh, there are female DOPs. And I mean, I know there's loads of others, but like she's the one that has come to mind because everybody knows her. Um, I think it's but, because she's the only one working. <laughs> well, <laughs> but what I would say is, like, you see, it, it, the likes of Screen Ireland them don't tell themselves either. I know they can't give you names of people, but everybody just goes from, I don't know if you guys still do this, but I literally go from the last crew list. So I'm going, oh, who worked on that? And if I have friends working on other projects, I'm always saying to them, can you give me your crew list? Now, that isn't as easy anymore because of data protection, etc. Mm -hmm. But like, that's kind of, you know, he, you hire a first AD, they'll have, you know, they'll have a third in a second they want on a trainee. Then you'll, you'll look for your DOP. Cause, and particularly if there's an awful lot of co-production involved, you might mm -hmm. have to have the DOP from Sweden or Hungary or blah, blah, blah. 
it, it, it depends. Like I know some projects I've been looking at lately, we've been trying to cr- crew it mostly Irish. There was a project mm-hmm. we were doing with Australia and New Zealand. And I was kind of going, no, all the key creatives can come from Ireland. Hey, sorry, no, Ireland, you know, we have them too. I think there are going to be more opportunities. It's just, how do you get there? I I think you just have to, what I would say to a lot of people who want to get into the business, get the first thing I'd say is get onto the Screen Ireland website and see what's in production. Get on when the BAI announced rounds of funding. I know it's all TV, but they are funding, you know, features and stuff. Get onto that, find out the Irish language stuff, get who, what, what, what production companies got what and get onto them because they're going to make it. They're after getting a load of money. They're going to make mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. That's where I would, you know, it mightn't be the high budget stuff, but at least get in there that way. Mm-hmm. And then you'll always find the next person and the next person and the next person. And mm-hmm. don't, don't give up. Like, like, no. like Christine was saying, it's very easy and people are doing it so much to go, to go and become a teacher. Yeah. It's happening yeah. all the time. Don't give it, a, give it a go. Like give it a good shot. Give it the best shot you have and then see. Don't straight away because it happens. People the straight away people yeah. are teaching. It's like, yeah. yeah. And I think try and get to know people because yeah. like if I'm gonna recommend somebody for a job, I'm not gonna recommend somebody unless I know them and unless I know that they can do the job. Yeah. And the only way that you're gonna manage to convince me of that is if I A get to know you and B, you know, see that you can do what you say you can do. Mm-hmm. So that like if I can't recommend a couple of people that I'd usually recommend, then absolutely, because it's so busy at the moment, then absolutely. I mean, I'll go, okay, well, I don't know, but you know, there's this there's this girl called such and such. I mean, give her a chance. She sounds mm-hmm. she talks mm-hmm. the talk. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. so that but you need to like for me to do that, I need to know A who you are, B that you're competent because I'm not recommending anyone on, you know, because it comes back to me. If I've just said to mm-hmm. Christine, oh, you know, Sheila's great at that. And, you know, Sheila comes in to edit it and, and can't turn on, you know, the, the Avid or the Pro Tools, whatever it is, she's turning on. Do you know what I mean? She's yeah. just going like, you know, so not alone is Sheila thrown out of the dishwater. I've thrown out too. So but I think that's where the, the Irish language community they, and they're very tight. That's yeah. where like you, you meet the Irish language community and you're, you're out in the pub or whatever. And you'll, you get to know people and you're like, all right, you, do you want to start doing a bit of sound or whatever mm. you should meet Mary do you know like yeah. it's really good so if you have any bit of Irish or any interest in it go to the Kirkakora or whatever meet people if you go into what, what is that word that you just used oh sorry yeah <laughs> a language uh people sitting around speaking Irish uh in a conversation. yeah I, I I bet you like if you're in Do- I'm based in Dublin but if you're in Dublin and you go to a Kirkakora and there's 10 people there one of them works in media. Yeah. Okay. I hope our listeners are t- ma- taking notes because <laughs> uh, this is very, all very helpful. Um, thank you. So, um, so I maybe, you know, polishing up that website, uh, putting your best work, maybe references of a few people and just approaching production companies with your CV saying, I'm here, I'm available, please check me out. Um, because right now you you don't have the opportunity to meet people in person really. So it's even harder to recommend someone, right? Yeah. So would you say just having something out there uh, on the web uh, that shows what you do and then approaching with that? I, that- I'd be sort of old school and go, right. I'm, cool. I, 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 yeah, and I'd be like, Mary, what do you think or Fiona? Do you know such and, and like yeah. Fiona just said, everybody knows everybody in the Irish language mm-hmm. world. So I, I might know Fiona, but I bet we we know loads of people in common. Yeah. So yeah. I, 
yes, of course, if it's a technical job or whatever, the websites, but that's not what it's kind of like somebody says to me, oh, I've got a, I've got a PhD in um, from the Houston Film School and a PhD from somewhere. And I'm going, fair play to you, you did a great job, whatever, but can you read a call sheet? <laughs> yeah, so you need the practical uh, uh, it's, it's It's not even practical, it's cop on. If you have cop on, yeah. I think that says a lot. Cop on, and in the Irish language word, like Fiona just said, we all know each other. So if somebody sends me their CV and says they've worked on a shoot with Mary Harkin, first thing I'll do is text Mary and go, do you know this person? And Mary might say, met them once. Or, yes, I do. They're great. You know, I'd love to work with them. So I think word of mouth is still, for me anyway, is still huge. Okay, wonderful. Certainly don't lie. There's absolutely no, no, no point lying. No. Because you'll be caught out. Oh, my God, you'll yeah. be caught out. I mean, yeah. the whole industry, English, Irish, you know, any like this, yeah. it's yeah. don't lie. Because what you was... will be caught out. And then, then, oh, my, I would just, I would hate to be in a situation where somebody is going, oh, such and such a said, like they work to do, and I'm going, no yeah. they didn't and then i will ring somebody else and go do you know so just just said they were you know so yeah. not alone yeah. have you destroyed it with that one producer you've just destroyed it right across the board mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but i do think calling is probably because emails yeah. come in all the time yeah well, in person yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah and don't send sweets in the post to me please <laughs> there was this one guy who used to keep sending me his cv with bars of chocolate and i was Totally. There was no harm in him, but I was totally freaked out. I wouldn't touch the chocolate. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I was told, so, told do that. to make my CV unique. So spray some perfume on it or put your picture on it or something. <laughs> so, I'm no, a bit old school, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I hear you. You know, you never know what's in the chocolate. You know. Nobody's exactly. ever sent me anything. I've, I've no. chocolate. Never been no. sent anything. So yes for Mary, but not for no for Christine. How, no. Where do you stand, Fanula? <laughs> we, uh, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but, uh, just be sound. Just be sound, and don't be afraid to ring people. Like yeah. Yeah. people are cr- crying out, yeah. new young blood. Like we're yeah. sure we've been talking about it for you know it's. And are you open to blood. being approached, even if it's if the person isn't uh, looking for? experience within the Irish language because you said that you work with different languages so are you still would you say you're still open to that I don't mean like that they should be contacting you personally but the wider community uh, most Irish language uh, filmmakers probably also work in English etc right yeah yeah we couldn't as freelancers we would never survive no um, with mm-hmm. just um working I, I mean i couldn't genuinely if, if all i could all i did uh, every year was irish language productions i I, would, no. I i mean i wouldn't be able to afford to so i mean it's great to work on irish language productions and and bizarrely enough i had a telephone call last night on something i'm supposed to be doing on friday a new series and uh the producer was apologizing to me because there's not going to be too much irish on friday <laughs> I'm just going, it's okay i'm just recording the sound i mean you know whatever but but she was but the problem is i think in the past you were able to if somebody wanted to come out onto a shoot and sort of you know get to know people or get their foot in the door you were able to do that like that's not possible now you know you can't say to somebody look should drop in get to meet you know the producer or the you know whoever like it's just and in the past you know they were freelancers christmas parties where we used to all go and it was a great way yeah meet people and sort of put mm-hmm. faces to names and and to get to know other people and I mean 
I know when I went freelance first, um, I was very lucky because when I was working in Telegale, we had done a couple of productions with certain um, with outside crew. So I had worked with different cameramen. I'd Excuse me one second. Cameramen. They were the ones. So Ronan Fox, Mick. Um, so they were the ones who sort of passed work on to me. But mm-hmm. it was word of mouth because they had they knew me. They'd seen my work or they'd heard my work. So they'd passed it on. I mean, I don't know. I did an awful lot of calls when I moved to Dublin first, cold calling people. Okay. One mm-hmm. piece of advice I'd give to somebody, which apparently I did, uh, was I was because I didn't want to sound big headed. So I sort of said, hi, my name's, you know, Mary Harkin. I'm a sound recordist or whatever. And my then partner, now husband, was going, what do you mean or whatever? What's the or whatever part of the sentence? I was like, I didn't want to sound big headed. He's like, but that is what you are. He's like, <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah. okay. You know, so, but I don't think I got any, any work from that. I mean, mm-hmm. I rang up, I think one production company and then maybe a week and a half later, they rang me going, oh, can you do the shoot? And I said, oh no, absolutely. And uh, I said, uh, did, they said, uh, we got your number from, from Dave, you know, the sound man. I was like, I was talking to you last week. They were like, well, yeah. oh, right. Okay. Interesting. So, we got your number from, so, you know. Okay. Okay, good, good, good to know. Um, I, I wonder, I, I have a question here, actually, that might be relevant at this moment. What about writing? Um, what, what, what if you have an idea for something that might um, be really good in Irish language? Uh, or it's about uh, something that is Irish, say a documentary about a town with some special Irish interest but you don't speak the language. Can you get by as a writer with having it translated or how does that work? Um, can I just say this? Cause this is my bugbear. I've worked on this a lot and even had this. So like in any language, you can't write a script in English and then translate it to Irish, right? That's not, it has to be a version, a kodu, a lagum. It's a version. So it's not a direct translation. So I've had many, many people approach me with scripts always that they've written and TG Cahill announced around a funding for Cine Cahill, which is their feature film rounds or something. And they'll want me to put it in. They've got to translate it. When you read it, if you're an Irish speaker, it's blatantly obvious that it's a translation and not a version. Okay. Yeah. So it, that doesn't work. That's not to say that you can't approach me and say, look, I don't speak Irish, but I've got a great idea for a series or a film or whatever it is. Um, can you point me in the direction of a writer that I can work with and they can write it in the Irish language? But please, please, please do not write it in English and get it translated. That is not an Irish language script. Okay. And it will Enough probably said. then just not get, see the... Uh, no, because I know I, I won't name them, but there are shows and features that have been made that were written in English and made that way. But it is my Taliban moment, as I would say, about the Irish language. It has to be written in the Irish language, even comedy. Like you can't translate, mm. um, you know, it, 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 it's like any language, like yourself, you speak Czech, like yes. English humor is not the same as Czech, you know, it's yeah. even the, the, you know, it's different cultures, different people. So um, that's not to say if you haven't, got, if you've got an idea and you think it's a great idea, please do approach somebody because just because you can't speak Irish doesn't mean that somebody else can't make it for you and make your, kind of bring it to bring it to the screen i see i see okay uh, i think that answers that question um and i was wondering say say me as a dop um i have an interest in in the in the culture 
Um, I actually, it's funny. I one of my best friends here, a Czech uh, Czech woman, she is um, she's a linguist. She speaks Czech, uh, English, Spanish, and she's wow. completely fluent in Irish. She married an Irish oh. man, and she studied it at uh, Trinity College, and she now teaches Irish folklore. And she's an incredible singer in that language. And I've always felt like, oh my God, this is insane. There are about 80,000 people worldwide who speak Irish language. And she's one of them. And I wondered how many people are actually non-Irish who speak Irish? Because I, I know a few others who, who speak relatively fluent Irish and they are Indian or, you know, completely non-Irish born, non-Irish people. Um, so let's say somebody like me, I'm not a director, I'm not a writer, but I'm really interested in, in exploring something about this. Say this woman, my friend, how do you go about connecting to, to somebody who could help you with that? Um, would you have any ideas or recommendations what somebody like me could do? And then maybe even working on it, but again, as a non-Irish non speaker, is, are there any opportunities like that? Who do you approach? Would you just kind of connect with an Irish director or Irish writer, Irish speaking? Uh, I would, well, number one, I'd find a good producer, 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 director. It doesn't matter if they don't speak Irish or not, because, you know, if it's a script, they will find somebody to match you with. And you yourself, it's your idea. There's nothing to stop you working on an Irish language production ever. It's just to be aware that, not even sometimes that the main language of the shoot will be in Irish, but the subject should be Irish or they will be speaking Irish or whatever. Um, you can always, always, always approach TG Cahar. They're very approachable. Um, any of the commissioning editors, their emails are on their website and they always say, don't send us a book. Don't send us even a deck. Three or four lines. It doesn't have to be in Irish. It can be in English. Um, and really what they're saying is send us your idea and we'll tell you if we're interested and if it suits our programming, but also if it's been made already, because a lot of Irish language stuff, there's only so many, you know, how many, yeah. you know, if we can't have five documentaries on Steve Cooney, the musician, you know what I mean? So, yeah. or, and they'll also know what, what has been, what's in the commissioning brief that they may have already commissioned that you may not know about. So TG Cahar are a great place to start. Um, okay. And also the Irish Language Broadcast Fund in the North. Um, now, they're not a broadcaster, but they fund ideas for, um, you know, if, if, if TG Cahar or BBC, um, BBC Northern Ireland are interested in an idea, they can come on board and help you fund it. Mm -hmm. So definitely I would go to TG Cahar and just send them, all, like I say, all the commissioning editors, just say to them, I have this idea, this is it. And also you can say to them, I don't know any producers. Is there anyone you'd recommend for maybe it's a documentary or it's a drama or it's a music show who would what are the producers you'd, you'd tell me to go to and they'll help you out that way anybody will but you know they're the broadcasters so they're very good that way and TG Carr are great um creatively as well like their whole motto or their whole tagline is Sulela which means an alternative way of looking at things so yeah their budgets are smaller but you can experiment a bit more their stuff is a lot more experimental than maybe the bigger broadcasters in this country you can mm -hmm. mess around with, as an editor, I can mess around with stuff a lot more. You've got more leeway to do something creative that you, mm -hmm. you may not get away with. If you sent into RTE, they would be like, what, this is, oh, this is weird. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. PG Carr kind of like that. Okay, that's very encouraging. 
Thank you, thank you all. So like, I we have uh, quite a few questions here. So if that's okay, I'm gonna turn to, to them um, and see if we can answer some of them. And then I have a couple uh, more of my own. So um, it's, uh, Kay, Kay Dowling says, I can understand Irish, I can understand Irish to hear quite well, but wouldn't be the best speaker. Would working on a set uh, crew be suitable for me? For me? What yeah. do you think? Yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. can still get by and not be like maybe side sidelined because you can. No, because like I said before, um, the, the universal language of television film is still being used. So even if you don't understand the words turdom, you'll know the word MCU or kupa, you know, okay. the, the technical terms are still very, the production terms are still used, but just the in-between parts are in Irish. Mm -hmm. So the, that wouldn't be an issue. Okay. Wonderful. Um, and here is a, another question, Betty Cros Cosgrove. Um, what would be the best way for someone who has just graduated to get in? So I presume this is like in general filmmaking. I would say I think you, if you can try and get in. Sorry, Christine. As a um, either as a trainee on on something. I mean, Ross and Rune we spoke about before. You know, Absolutely. is a great is a great place to to start training or to get out on some shoots. Like you know, we all did in the past and saw you know people who are experts in their field working I mean it's a great way to learn um, mm -hmm. and to get to know people all of a sudden like you know you've met three four you know crew who, who will then remember you next time mm -hmm. you know your name comes up on something mm -hmm. um, and I'd just like to add uh, Screen Skills Ireland run this course called Passport to Production and I know they've been running it around Ireland if you ever get a chance do it it's a five-day course they teach you how to read a call sheet use a walkie-talkie make the tea um etiquette on set and they bring in some um guest hod's it might be the production designer or dops you know to talk through what it is but it's a really good course very practical and if somebody does that course and show tells me they've done it i sort of know that they they know the basics mm -hmm. um it's well worth doing they have run it in the irish language as well i think but that's kind of irrelevant if you if and usually i think it's run for free so if anyone hears of that i would definitely recommend that yeah, I have. I actually have a few friends who have completed that course, and uh, they were very happy with it. Mm. People were, um, you know, younger. Um, yeah, just graduated. So graduate. It would be aimed at graduates predominantly, but yes. anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I have another question here. Um, do the panelists feel wary of someone older looking for experience? I am a thirty-eight-year-old working. Uh, mixing sounds for TV uh, for years, including music, but I'd love to be a TV film sound recordist. Happy to clean the toilets as mentioned, but how do I get to know people? And particularly now, and when, as you say, you can't just kind of come up to someone and, and you know, uh, it's, you know, COVID restrictions and all that. How do they go about it now? I think becoming a trainee at any age, I mean, I don't think people, I mean, at times, you know, an older person, you know, that, you know, they've general cop on and that they've made a decision to be there. It's not because it's it's cool or trendy or any of those things, as we all know, it's not after a, when you're freezing on the side of a mountain somewhere after three hours, uh, that novelty wears off very quickly. Um, but no, I don't think so. I, I think it doesn't matter. Age isn't isn't relevant at all. And I think um if you get um if you go to screen training in Ireland, they'll put you in contact with somebody um um and become a trainee. I mean, ideally with somebody who's busy, um, mm -hmm. so that you get more experience. Um 
but yeah absolutely I don't think age is a thing at all I, I wouldn't certainly I wouldn't feel feel like no. that mm-hmm. especially okay. in editing editing like is a lot about storytelling and anybody with good life experience is going to be a good storyteller so mm-hmm. yeah you'd be delighted to to Wonderful. chat to somebody like that yeah Okay. And can I ask you, Fanula, are you, uh, when it comes to editing, are you um, someone that, say, if a project is big and you can't handle it on your own, you need assistance, so are you then the one in power to hire assistance, or would that someone find them for you, or how does that work? It depends if I'm if I'm hired directly by the production company or if I'm in-house uh, in a post-house like Windmill Lane or Screen Scene or whatever, they'll have assistance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that are there all the time and that they have but if I'm working directly for the company which is happening more and more now with COVID and stuff yeah I, I, I would be definitely like bring giving people names and stuff yeah for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. yeah interesting and anybody yeah, that's and good their name always sticks in your head you remember yeah. the good ones <laughs> very good very good and uh, there was a, a nice creative question well actually it's not about hiring people and how do I find jobs but just to get to know you three a bit more what kind of what kind of genres and types of uh, tv and tele uh, and film do you like to work on what is it that um, sparks um, creativity in you Mary, why don't you go first? Um, I love variety. I mean, I have to say I love variety. Um, this year, I've, um, I think there's a red flag against my name for comedy or something because I seem to have done every hard-hitting documentary that uh, that RTE Virgin and TGK are producing. I've, um, I've worked on something about Alcoholics Anonymous. I've worked on something about the Magdalene Laundries. I've done uh, Mother and Baby Homes. And uh, so sometimes, I mean, they're all amazing. And it's such an honor to be in a room where somebody's willing to share their stories with you and that you're there firsthand to hear them. Stuff that's on or off camera. So it's 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 such a privilege. But it's also lovely then to go and do Dairy Girls, which is completely frivolous, which is just nonsense, which is, you know, just a little bit of a laugh. And I mean, hard work beyond you know anything sort of that I is certainly not what I expected so it's nice the variety of it is nice it's also nice to go and you know do home of the year where you wander around and have a nosy around somebody else's house you know, it's, so nice. for me it's definitely about variety and okay. not just on the productions but also on crews it's nice to to catch up with people that you haven't seen in a while because after so many years you know you, you know an awful lot of people so you get to know them and you get to know you know so it's it's lovely. It's it's. I like variety. I mean, I don't think it wouldn't suit me because I have a young family to to do drama full time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's lovely to do. Um, and then it's great to jump back into something where you feel you've learned something about somebody or something. Or I mean, I used to do a lot of travel. That was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, variety. variety. It's all about variety. Yeah, wonderful. What about you, Christine? Um, I think like Mary, variety because I think they say that's the spice of life. And I think I, you know, I've worked on a lot of very different things. Locked, I've worked on an awful lot of crime dramas the last, you know, couple of years because that's the, the thing. And when I worked at Mary, like, we did a lot of documentaries and stuff. But yeah, variety. Like, like I say, um, don't let people forget that, which I say to a lot of colleges lately, everybody's talking about drama and, and TV drama and big streamers and stuff. But there's an awful lot of work and an awful lot of people. Like I got a phone call today. There's an awful lot of work out there in television as in, we'll say what I call shiny floor shows. So the light ends business like Dancing with the Stars or 
Railton, Gwilton, all those. There's a lot of that kind of work that's transferable skills. So don't dis... Mm-hmm. I know people don't might want to work in TV, but there's a huge amount of work out there and a huge amount of jobs going. I got a phone call today going, do you know anyone who can work on Sunday? Anyone was the question. Like For, like, so, for all the roles. Yeah, so like the tra- in college, they tend to not teach television per se. They teach film and making movies. But there's a lot of transferable skills like you know, cameras. So you might be a DUP, but you be camera operator, sound, vision mixers, um, broadcast assistants, um, floor managers, which are like um, assistant directors. There's a huge shortage at the minute. So there's okay. a huge um, amount of um, don't, what I would say is don't diss that for saying, no, I want to work in a movie. You'll get there. Just mm-hmm. train this way first. There's an awful lot of work out there at the minute. That's fantastic that, that you first of all share this with us and that this is the situation. There's so much work. Yeah. Okay, everybody listening, get on that. Um, wonderful. And what about you, Fanula? Yeah, the same. Like for for me, like I'll be immersed. I'm not. I'm working on one project for three months. Say mm-hmm. I'm not going from one one to one. So you can get. Re- and if it's a big project, if it's a big documentary, big hard hitting documentary, it can really get to you. And it can be late nights, and it can be <clears throat> like constantly running through your head. Yeah. So then you want to do the room to improve or you want to do the dancing with the stars or the kids TV. So it's I try and do kind of like a, a, a nice, happy thing. But then if you're doing them all the time, you're like, oh, you know, I want to do some. I want to get, you know, stuck into something meaty. Hmm. So it's, it's variety. It's it's trying. Yeah. Do, do. OK. Balancing it for your own, like not only physical, but mental well-being. Mental and time. Yeah. Some projects take a lot of time as an editor, you know, mm. going into some projects, I'm going to be here till 12, 12 every night. And then other projects you're like, which I try to take for the summer. You're like, I'm finished at five. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's time, ta- it's time as well as, as, as the headspace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, I, I would like to ask you, so as far as, um, I mean, in my mind, I have it connected that to, in order to work on Irish language anything, you have to live in the West Coast. <laughs> Is this a, a, the, the wrong idea? Um, well, I'm, a, I'm in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dublin. I'm Northwest. Yeah. So. Okay. Christine? Well, I live in, in Spiddle in the, on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's Spiddle there behind me. Um, <laughs> okay. No, Irish language is completely 32 counties. So, no, you don't at all. It just. TG Cahar's headquarters are in, are in the West Coast, but that's it's irrelevant, really. Yeah. So yeah, the project I'm doing on Friday is Belfast. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the project I'm doing is in Belfast on Friday okay. and it's in Irish language. So, yeah, I don't I don't think you have to live in the West Coast at all. No, no, no. I, I always feel like this, this stuff kind of shoots along the West and Donegal coasts, uh, but I never hear about things in Irish or with you know Irish speaking crews shooting say Dublin side oh, there's loads there's we loads loads, loads. Really? loads. Oh, I need yeah. to you over yeah. some pints then <laughs> yeah 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 oh every day yeah okay. I suppose what it is is that traditionally there's so much been done in Dublin that all the Irish language stuff gets diluted whereas there's probably more there's less now but usually the only stuff that was being shot in the West and the Northwest and maybe the, the Southwest was Irish language. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was, it stood out, whereas now it's been diluted a bit. So it's not as obvious. Whereas in Dublin, there's so much going on that the Irish language stuff, you probably just don't know it's Irish you language. don't know. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. And I also, I've, um, 
um, taken um, notice of over the last few years, there there is something uh, called the RAP Fund. Oh yeah, yeah. That that is an initiative to connect the the counties in the west, several counties in the west, to support uh, production in those counties. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Is there, is there something you could maybe? Sh- share with us on that christine do you know anything and um, what i'd say if anyone goes on to rapfund.ie and contact sarah dylan but what it is is an initiative of i can't remember how many counties basically there was an awful lot of money um a lot of it, it was to get people to produce shows and movies in maybe counties like roscommon mayo and um, wherever else that mm. weren't being used as much to move production out of dublin because there, it couldn't sustain the volume so move it out of dublin and you also get if you get wrapped fund money, you apply for it, you, you have to send in budgets and like a big application. And if you succeed, you can also then apply for um, this um, regional uplift, it's called with Section 481 tax credit. Now it was 5% on top of the 37%. It's reduced, it's reducing down, but it meant that you got your Section 481 tax credit, your wrapped fund money, and then you got this extra 5% for shooting in the West of Ireland or Roscommon okay. or wherever it was. It's a little bit convoluted, the funding model, but if you nail it, it works really well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And would you say that a lot of these productions, uh, that, sorry, projects that get funded through RAP um, fund, do they have the Irish language in common? Because I know ARACT was supported by RAP fund, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. No, there isn't a language. Um, RAP isn't language, or so it's just, it's regional. So Anything it's one. Yeah, anything goes. Anything goes. Yeah, and um, you do have to have a production company uh, based in the in one of the rap counties, as they say. But it's all on their website, and Sarah Dillon is amazing. She'll she'll talk you through all of the application. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, I'm trying to see uh, if there are any more questions that I missed. This seems to be a conversation going on here. <laughs> People exchanging contact phone numbers and all that. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what relates to us but I, I do I, I'm curious so I mean there is loads of us who want to obviously work and whether it's Irish language German whatever language we just want to work but what is the what in your opinion what is the um, uh, appetite for Irish language anything uh, you know documentaries tv series is there is what's being made controlled by how much demand there is for this content or do you think more is made or is less made than is needed than is wanted i think more could be made but the funding isn't there so you have tg Cahar, the national channel you have um rte or national broadcaster who have an irish who show irish language shows and produce and then you have bbc northern ireland who also show some irish and produce some stuff um and then you have the fund and also the um somebody will correct me now the the Yak Fund, the Young Audience Fund in the UK, specifically because TG Car is a minority language, if you have a commission through TG Car, you can apply for that, but RTE and them can't. So that was a huge thing that you could apply. Um, now you need a UK production company, but still you could still produce an Irish language show, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. But that worked. Mm-hmm. There could be more made, but the money isn't there. Um, everybody has new ideas. The world is constantly changing. TG Cahar at the moment are showing an awful lot of Balta, um, you know, the shows maybe that you're referring to about like communities around the coast. But I think it just depends on the audience. What does the audience want? But then they do shows like Hector traveling wherever. Depends on what the audience wants. But mm-hmm. Fanula and Mary might have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some really good stuff on, but it depends what your interest is. I mean, mm. and that's varied. I mean, like Irish language audiences as varied as an English language or any other language audience. So, yeah, you know, sport is fantastic for a certain, you know, section of the population. Drama is what somebody else wants. Somebody else wants a hard editing documentary. Somebody else wants some fluff, you know, to sort mm. of just to tune out to. So I think, you know, language doesn't really come into it, you know, there. I think it's just, it's content more than, more than language really mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. and what do you think Fanula? yeah it, 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 exactly what mary said like it, language shouldn't really come into it we need more irish um documentaries and stuff we're a great country we've mm-hmm. great stories we're great crack like we we should have more irish we should be irish people should and they love it irish people love our watching irish people on television we're we're brilliant on television as well. Um, like the Irish, the Irish Great Irish Bake Off was was really good. Um, like all that stuff. Like we're characters. Yes, so, um, we need more of all of it. Yeah, I think I the one thing I admire about Irish is just at the ease with which you all speak. Uh, and you can carry conversation. Uh, look at Christine; she doesn't agree with me. Well, <laughs> Do you mean say, Irish language or Irish people? No, I mean mm-hmm. Irish people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I think I haven't met a, a, a single Irish person who can't carry a conversation. Uh, and <laughs> That's just because we're nosy. We're yeah. just nosy. We just want to find out stuff from people like. But I think it's such a gift. It's such a gift um, because it just endears you to anyone right away, um, and uh, it's something. I had to work on you know because it doesn't come natural to me but I feel like Irish people just they they are these like beautiful flowers and and they're so interesting and they're interested in you and it just um so I agree with you Fanula there that that um you know you you have amazing people here and uh I love documentaries so I would love to definitely see more and we're nosy yeah, yeah we want to see we awesome. want to see home of the year we want to see that yes yes yeah. 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 uh, I, I, I love talking to you all thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and, uh, and ideas with me I think it's coming up to to um, the time that we're we should wrap up so before we go I'll ask you uh, one last question and that is where would you like yourself to be and the Irish film industry in general to be in say five years what where do you see this going or where would you like it to go um I think I mean I suppose I'm in a lucky enough position where like I want to keep going as I am you know I want to sort of keep working on the interesting projects with the interesting people that I'm working um with I mean it's absolutely it'd be great to see um more and more people joining the industry and I do think there is there is some of that and I think we should do everything we can to encourage it I'd certainly like to see more women certainly in the technical side of things um it's always lovely to to come across you know a female um DOP very very rare um mm-hmm. I think myself and Christine in years gone by were always asked if we were students because I mean <laughs> whatever about having one techie having two at the same time like that was just couldn't possibly be true so we had to be students but um but yeah I think and I think I'm, I'm very positive I think we, I think we're in a good place I think we're going you know we're, we're still getting there happy to hear that okay what about you Christine I think as Mary said that that there would be more women getting a chance in the technical areas and I think just that maybe um how do I put this it's great to have the big Hollywood 
and Netflix and etc. like Blockbusters in, but try and give the indigenous companies a chance to make their stuff, which wouldn't probably be the huge budget stuff. But I think we're missing a bit of that now because, you know, they've all got so much money to offer, you know, even for crew and stuff. I think it would be nice to see a little bit more of the, the Irish indigenous produced stuff. That would be good. Okay, I hope the people in power are listening. <laughs> What about you, Panula? I think the answer to everybody's problems is is more training, better training, get out of this COVID thing and get people together, get people on set, get people into edit suites. You know, it, it's about like on the ground experience um, and, and, and just more training schemes for, for young people to, to encourage them to, to do this because I think we're losing, we're losing people. I, I actually, I'm the one uh, on the board of Women in Film and Television who says uh, women are trained uh, up to their necks and they need the jobs now. Yeah. <laughs> but I hear okay. you. I mean, it's about new entrants, but we have this uh, pool of women who have already gone through this and it's just there is no follow up for them. So I, I tend to be the one kind of. You think we have enough training? <laughs> Say it again. You think we have too much training? Uh, not for the new entrants, but okay. there, as I said, there are there is like this this black hole for women who maybe are in their 40s, 50s, who have already okay. done their trainings, you know, uh, and and it is those that haven't seen the follow up. Yeah, uh, and particularly in the technical uh, on the crew, you know. Um, yeah. So I think uh, a few years ago, directors and writers got more attention because the whole 50-50, you know, diversity came about. So the focus was placed on these two particular roles within the film business, but the crew was pushed to the side. It wasn't addressed. So I think training is absolutely important and we need new blood, but there is... I suppose what I mean by training is trainees, like work with somebody on a real thing rather okay, than, so like rather than, yes, yeah, yeah rather mm -hmm. than theoretical study. I, I absolutely agree with you there, Fanua. And I, I do feel like Mary said, I feel optimistic that things are changing and uh, it, it maybe isn't as fast as I would like, but I do, I do see the progress. Um, and so on that note, on that note, uh, I'm going to thank all of you, I can't uh, mm -hmm. really uh, express my gratitude for you joining us today. Um, thank you. So I hope uh, that Mary, Christine and Fanula, I get to see you out there in the field at some point. Yeah. Um, well. feel, feel free to reach out to us with anything. Uh, we'll always be try, uh, try to help you out, recommend people. Um, and uh, to all of you listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. This event was made possible with the support of the BAI. If you would like to support our work at Women in Film and Television Ireland or follow what we do, visit wft.ie.